This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. of God's Word, whatever that is, an iPad, an iPhone, a Bible. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. I realize hundreds and thousands of people watch us from home. You don't necessarily have to stand, but let me tell you something. If you're still home, we're honored to have you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part and worshiping with us online. Several weeks back, this verse, I, I can't get away from it. I can't get away. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they're safe. Folks, we live in a time when people are worried about safety. Where are you safe? People are so concerned about being safe, they're fearful. But look, the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And when we run to his name, we can be safe. That image 20 years ago, the Twin Towers, those people were running from towers, from a tower that was collapsing. They were running from a tower that was collapsing. But the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I don't know what your tower is today. But I want you to know this. You can run to the Lord. You can run to the Lord. Because get this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. So if the name of the Lord is a strong tower, it's imperative that we understand the names of God. Because if, if his name is going to be a strong tower, it's imperative that we understand the names of God. Now look what Psalms 23 and 1 says. The Lord, when the Bible was written, it was not written in English. Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. The word there, Lord, was the Hebrew word Yahweh, which is used 6,823 times. Translated, Jehovah, the self-existing one. The Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. The Hebrew word there, for years I said it was Rohi. <laughs> That's not the correct pronunciation. The correct pronunciation is Roe. Yahweh is my Roe, which means the Lord is my shepherd. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. We run to it, ladies and gentlemen. We run to it. And when we run to it, we'll find safety. But we've got to understand the names of God. So Jesus may be back before I get finished. I mean, dealing with all these names. But we're going to talk about Jehovah Roy. The name of the Lord, Jehovah Roy. The Lord is my 
shepherd. I shall not want. A little girl, her mother had worked with her on memorizing it. <laughs> her mom said, honey, let's have it. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's all I want. <laughs> That's not exactly right, but it's pretty good. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see three things primarily. Number one, I want you to see that we have a shepherd who leads us. We have a shepherd who leads us. We're not in this alone. You're not in this alone. You have a shepherd who leads you. Now, you know, when countries are described, the emblem of a country is many times a majestic animal. It's a powerful animal. It's a strong animal. As I say, it's a majestic animal. That's why the description, the emblem of America is the great American bald eagle. The bald eagle. Can you believe that Ben Franklin wanted the emblem of America to be a turkey? I'm glad our forefathers settled on that eagle. It's powerful. It's majestic. The emblem of Russia, it's also a strong animal. The animal that represents Russia is the bear. It's powerful. Great Britain, the animal that represents Great Britain is the lion. Again, powerful, demonstrative animal. But do you realize when it comes to us, when it comes to us as a body of believers, when it comes to Christian people, God didn't choose an eagle. He didn't choose a tiger, a lion, a bear. What did he use to describe us? A sheep. A sheep. Do you realize sheep are mentioned 500 times in the Bible? 200 times sheep are used to describe us. We are his sheep. There used to be years ago a little song, I just want to be a sheep, bye, bye. I just want to be a sheep, bye, bye. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. I just want to be a sheep, bye, bye. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Amber, you're missing it with all those guys on the platform. You're missing it. <laughs> sheep. God used sheep, as I say, to describe us. Now, now, now understand something. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, that speaks of his deity. The Lord is my shepherd. That speaks of his humanity. He was the God-man, Jesus Christ. I want you to understand something. We are the sheep, but he is the shepherd. 
We are the sheep, but he is the shepherd. I want you to understand, first of all, he's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. John 10 and 11 says, I'm the good shepherd because the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Let me tell you why he's a good shepherd. Because he went to the cross and he died for every one of us. He's a good shepherd. He dealt with a penalty of sin. He's a good shepherd. But not only is he a good shepherd, he's a great shepherd. Because Hebrews says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd, that great shepherd of the sheep, He's a good shepherd because he went to the cross. But ladies and gentlemen, he's a great shepherd because he arose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. He's a good shepherd because he dealt with the penalty of sin. He's a great shepherd because he dealt with power over sin. But it only gets better. He's not only a good shepherd. He's not only a great shepherd, but he's the chief shepherd. Look what the Bible says. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Understand something. <laughs> he's the good shepherd because he dealt with the penalty of sin. He's the great shepherd because he has power over sin. But he's the chief shepherd because he's going to take us away from the presence of sin. We have a wonderful shepherd. Now, I want you to see this. The welfare of the sheep is the work of the shepherd. Your welfare, your well-being is the work of of the shepherd. I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said, should we for a moment lose sight of the shepherd, we need only go where his flock is to find him. If we for a moment should lose sight of the shepherd, we need only to go where his flock is to find him. When I began to think about we're sheep, we're not lions, we're not bears, we're not tigers, we're sheep. What are sheep like? Let me give you four. Well, go back to the sheep. Those sheep need to be sheared. <laughs> but what are sheep like? Let me give you four qualities of sheep. Number one, Sheep are dense. Now, now listen, I, I, I wouldn't offend anybody. I wouldn't offend you in any way. Now, there are, there are over a billion sheep in the world. China has more sheep than any other country. But sheep are dense. If you've ever been to a circus, I've seen trained elephants. I've seen trained horses. I've seen trained pigs. I've seen trained chickens. 
but I've never seen a trained sheep. Do, do you really? They're just, uh, listen, if you came today with an attitude and arrogance, this is the message for you, amen? <laughs> sheep are dense. Do you realize that during mating season, when two males are competing for a female, they've got those horns. And how do they determine who gets the female? It's a budding contest. They headbutt. Blood going everywhere. But they're competing for who gets the female. Why not a spitting contest? But, the, but they're dense. Reminds me of the story of the guy that was putting a 10-piece puzzle together. His friend comes up and he says, what are you doing? He said, well, I just finished a 10-piece puzzle. He said, well, how, how long did it take you? He said, about a week. He said, my goodness, a week to put a 10-piece puzzle together? He said, oh, that's great. He said, because on the side of the box that it came in, it said three to four years. <laughs> Two hunters were out in the woods. When one of them collapses, he's not breathing. His eyes are glazed. The other guy whips out his cell phone and calls 911. I think my friend's dead, he yells. What can I do? The operator says, calm down. First, let's make sure that he's dead. There's a silence. Then a shot. Back on the phone, the guy says, okay, now what? <laughs> Let me tell you something about sheep. I, I'm just being honest with you. We're sheep. I'm one too. But sheep are dense. Sheep are dense. I'll tell you something else about sheep. Sheep are defenseless. I mean, think about this. A cat can scratch. A, 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 a dog can bite. A, a, a mule can kick. A skunk can, well, you know. But really, sheep, they're defenseless. I mean, they're, they're weak. They have bad eyesight. Their bodies is 70% water. They're very weak. They can't defend themselves. They have to have a defender. When I was studying this, I thought, maybe that's a word for us. Somebody said, I, 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 I'm going to make a statement. No, no. Maybe we should let the Lord defend us. No, no, I, I'm going to make a post. Hey, listen, if we was making as many prayers as we are post, things would be a lot better off. Somebody said, I'm going to validate myself. What about the Lord validating you? I'm going to clarify everything. Why don't we let the Lord be our shield and buckler? Why don't we let the Lord be our defense? Why don't we be like Nehemiah and say, I'm doing a great work for God and it can't come down. They're dense. They're defenseless. But I'll tell you something else. They're directionless. They're directionless. What a sheep will start doing. They'll nibble in the grass and they'll get lost because they're directionless. Let me tell you something about us. We're all prone to wonder. We're all bent on backsliding. Many times we're directionless. I'll tell you the fourth thing about sheep. They're dependent. They're totally dependent upon the Savior. 
Do you realize that if a sheep gets flat of its back, that's a cast sheep? And a sheep that's flat of its back can't get back on its feet by itself. It takes the shepherd. See that famous verse, Psalms 23 and 4? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Do you understand what the rod is? The rod was four feet long. So every time an enemy came against the sheep, the shepherd would take the rod, beat the enemy back. Watch the staff. The staff was eight feet long, a hook on the end. And every time the sheep would get in a thicket and couldn't get out by itself, that shepherd would take that staff, hook it under that sheep, pull that sheep back. Why do you think David said, he restoreth my soul? David knew what it was to mess up greatly. He knew what it was to totally be dependent upon the shepherd. I want you to understand something, folks. We have a shepherd who leads us. You have a shepherd who leads you. But not only do we have a shepherd who leads us, but we have a shepherd who looks after us. We have a shepherd who looks after us. That verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The NIV says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I like nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I like nothing. Moses led three and a half million Jews in the wilderness for 40 years. Look what God said. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Look, thou hast lacked nothing. Let me tell you something, folks. The shepherd's going to look after you. The shepherd is going to look after you. See, in Psalms 23, 2, he maketh me to lie down. Why is that there, pastor? Because when sheep were scared, they'd stand up all night. They'd stand up all night. But when the shepherd came, they experienced peace. And they were able to lie down. Safety is not the absence of storms. Safety is the presence of the shepherd. <laughs> Psalms 23 and 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. I found out something. I found out that during the summer months, nasal flies would get up the sheep's nostrils. And when those nasal flies would get up the sheep's nostrils, sheep would do crazy things. They would do things off the chart. They would do things that were unimaginable. Sometimes somebody will say to me, Pastor, did 
you hear about what so-and-so in the church did? How off the chart. And I'll think, yeah, nasal flies got up their nostrils. Yeah, she walked off and left her family because nasal flies got up her nostrils. That silly decision happened because nasal flies got up the nostrils. But wait, what would the shepherd do? The shepherd, he would take oil and he would pour it on that sheep's head. And he'd take that oil and he'd rub it on that old sheep's head. He'd just get it all over that sheep's head. And that prevented the nasal flies from getting up those nostrils. See, 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 David understood this, but that's why he wrote Psalms 92 and 10 when he said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. He knew, folks, that we need fresh anointing. We need the Holy Spirit. We need our heads anointed with oil. We need to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit because if we're not, those nasal flies that get up our noses. We have a shepherd who leads us. We have a shepherd who looks after us. But we have a shepherd who loves us. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, I thought about that verse, and I'm almost done. The most important word is probably that word, my. See, I know he's the shepherd, and you know he's the shepherd, but the question is, is he your shepherd? It, it's not enough that he's the shepherd, but is he your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. Is it personal with you? You say, well, mama, mama was a great Christian. Hey, listen, it's not by generation, it's by regeneration. It, it, it's not enough. It's, it's not, I was born into a Christian family. Well, being born in, uh, into a, being born in a garage doesn't make you a chivalry, amen? I believe, no, 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 you can believe in soap and die dirty. Is he my shepherd? My shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Every time I go to Israel, there's one day that from Jerusalem, we go down to Masada. Every time we go down to the Dead Sea. And as we're driving, I'll look and see a tent and I'll see a man and a woman, nomads. Just, just there in the tent. And I'll realize he's a shepherd. He's got sheep. He's a shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. And I'll make this statement, folks. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, you still go to homes. You still go to hospitals. You're constant with the people. Constantly. Why are you that kind of pastor? Because I believe a shepherd ought to smell like sheep. I believe a shepherd ought to smell like sheep. 
Every time I'll see those shepherds. You know what I learned? If a shepherd has 2,500 sheep, if he has 2,500 sheep, within five minutes, if he's in a flock of 2,500, within five minutes he can identify a specific sheep. I said, well, how does he do that? They said, well, he'll look at the head of the sheep. He'll listen to that sheep bleat. He will watch that sheep walk. Look. And he can look at the droppings that that sheep left behind and tell you, that's mine. That's mine. John 10 and 27 says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I know my sheep, but my sheep also know me. I know my sheep, but my sheep also know me. Last night, Barbara and I were there at the house, and I was researching, and I thought about the priest. You know, when you think of a priest, you think of clergy, you think of pastoral. But really, folks, in the Old Testament, the priest was like a butcher. What that priest would do, he'd bring that little lamb without spot or without blemish. He'd take a knife. He'd rip that throat open. That little sheep would get so weak. Blood flowing down in a bowl. get that blood in the bowl and he'd reach in there start ripping that sheep's body apart just tearing that little lamb's body apart you don't think of a pastor you think of a butcher then he'd take that blood and he'd offer it as a sacrifice for the people seeing in the Old Testament. See, understand this. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the sheep died for the shepherd. But in the New Testament, the shepherd died for the sheep. See? He was the good shepherd. He was the great shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. Good shepherd. 
I know I'm the great shepherd. I know I'm the chief shepherd. But the shepherd of all shepherds is going to become a sheep. You didn't hear me. The shepherd of all shepherds said, I'm willing to become a sheep. I'm willing to become a sheep. I'm willing to become a sheep. You say, Pastor, why? Why? Why did he become a sheep? One time... John was baptizing in the Jordan River. And he looks up on the hillside and he sees Jesus, the shepherd of all shepherds. And he says, Behold, I'm sorry, folks, but this just touches me. used to sing. Barbara used to sing. <laughs> she would sing a song. He was searching for one little lost lamb. And here I am. <laughs> he was searching for you also. He's Jehovah Roy. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. 
B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.